Welcome to King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. Good morning, everybody. Yes, thank you. Uh, maybe a little, da- little down, please. Thank you for... Uh, Uniting the tables. <laughs> good for you. Uh, good to see you today. Welcome. <clears throat> and welcome to those who were online with us today. Uh, we're glad you're with, you, with us. I, I told you incorrectly last week that we were going to be doing uh, Jonah. It's Jacob. How's if I look at the schedule? <laughs> Next week is Jonah. I'm, I'm almost certain about it, but I don't want to say for sure because I don't know. Um, but we'll get to that. Anyway. Um, a reminder to you to uh, turn back your clocks this weekend. We don't want you to be here at church and no one letting you in. <laughs> oh, you just sit out in your car. We'll be here soon uh, after you get here. Uh, so make sure you turn your clocks back. And uh, better, yeah, the falls, the, that's true. It's better to be here early than late. The fall's always better. Falling back is better than springing forward, I think. Uh, although Gail does not like the early evening, the darkness in the evening. Gail likes the light to go on. So, um, As a reminder to you, um, by the way, be- before you leave today, if you don't know someone here, reach out to them, say hello. The attendance sheet's going around. It just helps us have a good idea of who's attending Bible studies. Uh, we do not use that attendance sheet like we do the blue folders on Sunday where we're if you're not here for a while, we send you a letter or something like that. Uh, this is more just who's coming to Bible study. Um, it helps us tell the it helps us tell the council and ultimately the voters of the congregation whether our efforts are effective, right? Um, if we don't have anything to measure by, um, I, I, I'm happy to give a report every month to say, yeah, a lot of people come to Bible study. Uh, they'd like to know what that number is, and if we're seeing that. So that's why we're doing that. Uh, we are uh, studying profiles of strength. So remember, our approach to these passages um, is to look for where God is revealing to us strength, how we find strength, where we get strength, the, the power of God's strength. Those are the things we're looking for. We're using uh, what, what I'm calling uh, famous Sunday school stories to um, dig a little deeper, if you will, and then from that, um, discover that for us. Uh, just uh, for a reminder for you for the schedule, this week is Jacob, next week is Jonah, the following week there is no study because it's the voters meeting. So you'll, we'll remind you, that's, that's miles away, um, but just re- remember that. Um, and if you can help me out, we do we do this again at 6.15, and then I do an abbreviated version of it at 9 o'clock on Facebook Live. Uh, so anyone can join us for that. Um, that would be great, too. Let's pray. Almighty God, gracious King, we come before you today uh, seeking to understand you and the strength that you give us. May your word reveal that to us today, and your Holy Spirit enlighten us and enliven our hearts, our minds, and our souls. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you're preparing these studies, you find different tools. 
um, to to help get us into the mood, if you will, as far as the Bible study. I wish I had found this tool a couple of weeks ago. I might have used it every week. Um, so when it comes to Jacob, there's lots of different things we can do. Uh, but I and we had this text the other week on Sunday. Um, I wanted to go back to Jacob wrestling with God. I want to look at that a little deeper, um, a little more uh, intently. But to give you an idea of how we get to this part, I found this little video for you. And because, again, we're approaching this first from a Sunday school point of view, keep that in mind as we watch this video today. God's story. Jacob wrestles. So part of God's story is about the time a guy named Jacob wrestled with a stranger. And it begins like this. Jacob grew up with a big, tough, hairy twin brother named Esau. Because Esau was the firstborn, he was supposed to get a special blessing. But Jacob was tricky, and with the help of his mom, wound up getting the blessing for himself. This made Esau furious, so Jacob ran away. A few years later, God told Jacob to return home where Esau still lived. But Jacob was a little worried. He had heard that Esau was headed toward him with 400 men. Either Esau had a lot of friends or he was bringing an army. So Jacob sent messengers ahead with gifts. Hopefully, if Esau was still angry with him, the gifts would calm him down. While Jacob was traveling, he stopped by a river. Now, God hadn't asked Jacob to stop. He stopped because he was afraid. He sent his family and servants and everything he owned across the river. Then he waited, alone, crying out to God in frustration. Jacob knew God had promised to be with him, but he was terrified. Suddenly, a man came into the camp out of nowhere and began to wrestle Jacob. Jacob fought back, and this was a knockdown, drag-out title fight. All night, neither one of these fighters backed down. In fact, they wrestled for so long that the sun started to come up. When the stranger saw that Jacob wasn't going to give up, he touched Jacob's hip, and that simple touch pulled Jacob's hip out of socket, causing him to limp. Then the man said, let me go. But Jacob knew there was something special about this guy. So he said, I won't let you go unless you bless me. The stranger stopped fighting and gave Jacob a new name. He said, your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel because you fought with God and with men and have won. See, the name Israel actually means God fights. Kids, that means that Jacob had been wrestling all night with God. Anyway, right after that, the stranger did bless Jacob. But the best part is, Jacob knew he had seen God face to face. And that changed him. Not only did Jacob get a new name, but he was no longer a fearful man running away from his own brother. In fact, when the stranger left, Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming. This time, he ran to Esau, kissed him, and gave him gifts just because he loved him. Jacob realized that he could obey God no matter how scared he felt. He could trust that God would always keep his promises. And that's the story of Jacob wrestling with God. So, in case you missed it, here's the quick version. God told Jacob to go home. That meant seeing his brother Esau. Jacob made camp near a river alone, 
He was terrified. A stranger came and wrestled him. They fought until dawn. The stranger touched Jacob's hip. The wrestling match was over. Jacob asked for a blessing. He got a new name first. It was Israel. The stranger was God. Jacob went to meet Esau. He trusted God. And that's a part of God's story. So a nice way to kind of get some background on how we get here. We've actually gone back in time from last week. Um, this is this is Jacob. Um, as you heard, uh, this is Jacob after he's, t- in essence, some would say stolen his brother's inheritance. Uh, and uh, Esau, as you heard, is not particularly happy about that. And... Uh, so Jacob's living in fear of what Esau will do because he knows, if you read back those passages, that Esau's stronger than him, uh, or at least a, a greater warrior than him. And so um, I thought that was a nice capturing of where we are with a couple hiccups that we'll iron out along the way, uh, some perspectives that maybe we would take differently as we read them, uh, but it helps you get some context of where we are. So if you could turn to Genesis 32, Genesis 32, good news, first book of the Bible, Genesis 32, 22 to 32, Genesis 32, 22 to 32, a lot of twos, and I'll need someone to read that for us today, wait for Larry, he has the microphone, Genesis 22, no, Genesis 32, sorry, 22 to 32. Somebody, we've got a volunteer today? Yes, ma'am, right there. Good for you, Larry. Don't go too far. <laughs> that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabok. Yeah. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Thank you. Yeah. Don't eat tendons. (laughs) Okay, what'd you hear? What was interesting to you? We're going to, there's a lot in here. There's probably more in here than you see. Um, at first glance, but I'm just curious. You've you've seen the cartoon version. Now you've read the book. 
Um, was there anything that's sort of interesting to you? Or perhaps if you have another version of what you've heard, we would want to hear that too. Hold on, Don. Just that he saw God face to face. Yeah. And lived. Right. Yeah, if, in those days, um, we'll, we'll show you some places where that is. You, you do not see the face of God. That's not... Well, think about it for a moment. Even for us today, uh, the majesty and awe of, of who God is um, is it, so great and, frankly, overwhelming that um, it's not something that you often, you certainly didn't do it then, right? We see the face of God differently today through the cross. Yes, ma'am. The thing I always wondered about in reading this is, was it customary to get a blessing from people when you were wrestling with them? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've uh, I called Hulk Hogan, and um, <laughs> that's right. We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that. It's it's an interesting concept, and we're going to come back. To it. Heidi, why in the dark and ends at daybreak? Yes, interesting, right? Um, we'll come to that too. Hang on to that. The short, the, the Reader's Digest version is that um, Jacob has a history of things happening at night. Uh, and um, it's often in the night that we see struggle. Um, but most would say this, um, that, God, that, that God understands the consequences of Jacob seeing for who he fully is. So he comes at night. Interesting concept, right? And you're right. By daybreak, he's like, this has to end. <laughs> we got to go. It's not because he's fighting Dracula, right? Uh, but the, there's actually a loving piece to it that we'll, we'll get a little more into. Yep. Where were all these sons? <laughs> Why weren't they helping ah. him? <laughs> Sounds like something I say all the time, right? So he has sent everyone away, and we're going to talk about that too. You're all, You're all pinpointing the places that we need to, yeah, he sent them, right? And by the way, we know his sons. They're, you know, they're, they're on some level, they're not, I mean, David's got to tell on them. Not David. Uh, no. Joseph. Did someone say Joseph? I'm sorry. Joseph. Sorry, yes, ma'am. Yeah, Jacob was so concerned about meeting his brother, but he sent his wife and, and sons and all his possessions ahead of him. Yeah, very chivalrous. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you go ahead of me, and if you see him, good luck. <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting, uh, there's some interesting uh, beliefs about this whole event and how it's taking place and how it's shaping up. And it, some of it's extra biblical, so we're going to put that out there. We've read the story, so we know what we know. And we're, we're often cautious of expanding from that point. We don't want to say that Scripture says something it doesn't say, right? So keep that in mind. However, there's some, because of the Hebrew words being used, there is some interpretive leniency, if you will. And I will show you where those places are. Uh, let's, unless there's anyone who wants to make a comment, let's go back to the reading. Um, and let's first go back to 22 and 23. 
The same night he arose and finds a slightly different version. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jacob, right? Uh, And he took them, sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. Um, So Jacob sends his whole entourage across the river. The river is the eastern Canaan, about 28 miles north of the Dead Sea. Um, And what we have to remember here, and this is why I showed you the cartoon, just to give you some indication, is that Jacob is distressed. Um, He is living a life of worry, fear, panic, if you will, because he's heard that his brother is coming and that his brother is coming with, in essence, an army. Um, It's it's not a welcome entourage he's bringing. Um, And so so he's, he's concerned about this. The assumption would be that he's sending them over into safety, right? Our, the, the benefit of the doubt is go ahead, over, go ahead over and I'll meet you there, but I'm gonna, he's going to send them somewhere safe. What he does know is he cannot uh, avoid meeting Esau at some point. And the indication of that is he's already sending gifts to sort of calm Esau down a little bit. Um, uh, here he seems even too afraid to sleep. What's interesting, did you find something, Don, that you want to share or no? You're just sharing with Debbie. Say it again. It's wordplay on the names for God, the name for Jacob. Do you want to read it? No, because I can't pronounce it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, good. That's all right. All right, Kevin's going to give it a whirl. Uh, note on thirty-two twenty-four: left alone as he had been at Bethel, a man, God himself, as Jacob eventually realized, see verse 30, in the form of an angel, uh, wrestled God with Jacob, Yagab, by the Jabak, or excuse me, Yabak is the guide here. The author delighted in wordplay. Jacob had struggled all his life to prevail, first with Esau, then with Laban. Now, as he was about to reenter Canaan, he was shown that it was with God that he must wrestle. It was God who held his destiny in his hands. Yes. Uh, thank And I, Don, I know you did not ask to say that through Kevin. However, uh, we're, we're going to get to that very point, which is... Um, this is, a, in essence, who Jacob is. And I think it's important that we understand that. So um, part of understanding strength, part of understanding strength as a Christian is understanding that's, that sometimes our life is filled with wrestling. It's filled with challenge. And Jacob is an indicator of that. Um, my, my version, not my note, but a, a note that I was going to give you was that Jacob has a history of perseverance. He perseveres over Esau. He perseveres over Laban. He perseveres even with God. Um, It's a matter of whether the cup's half full or half empty, I guess, right? Um, He struggles, but he perseveres. Um, it's, It's not easy, but he's victorious. And ultimately what we see in this account is he does find his victory in God. Hang in there, it's coming. Let's go back to the river. Some people are inclined to think that 
um, there's a possibility here that maybe Jacob crossed the river with his family and sent them ahead, and then he stayed by the river. There's others who say, no, he sent his family, they crossed the river, then he did later. Others, and I find this interesting, others read the, the Hebrew and say, it almost looks like he's going back and forth across the river, almost in worry, right? Should I go? Should I not go? Should I be there? Should I not be there? Now, to be cautioned to you, there's, that's somewhat extra biblical, but it's interesting to consider that, right? Only because we've all done that, right? <laughs> we've, all, we've all gotten in the car and said, uh, no, okay, I'll go, no, or, or something like that in our lives. So we can certainly understand if Jacob is doing that. Because um, he, he's afraid, frankly, that Esau is going to kill him. What's the best way for Esau to get his birthright back? <laughs> Be the heir, right? Uh, and so uh, that's how they did things in those days. 24, and Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Earlier, Jacob had told his servants, uh, earlier in the text that we didn't read, he has his servants arrange his animals uh, in separate droves uh, with spaces in between each of them. And what's interesting is that Jacob seems to be doing the same with himself between him and his party, right? So he's done that with his all his possessions and his animals. And now he said, okay, you all go and I'll be back here. By the way, there, there's something strategic about that, which is you might not get everything. Think about the practicality of it, right? If I don't send everything together at once, you don't get everything together at once. And if you really want me, it makes sense that I'm last. Now, again, I think there's a case to be made, really. You sent your wife, both your wives ahead of you. Um, so what happens here? Interesting, the noun from which uh, the verb is built um, for dust, the word dust, suggests that when you wrestle, uh, then you get dirty or dusty, which would make sense. Um, however, it's likely that we see a connection between um, the word wrestle uh, and the word embrace. The word wrestle in 32 and the word embrace rhyme in Hebrew. Uh, but, of course, they share two different um, connections. So, why do I say all that to you? Um, we don't want you to think that just because he's wrestling with God, it's sort of it's divine service setting three, right? I am Jacob. I am God. No, they are in the, the concept of knowing that it's dusty and dirty means they are really wrestling. The, the writer wants you to know that this is a, a, a great effort. Um, it's not a, you know, eh, Touch to last <laughs> type of thing. And what's that? And most importantly, this is not a spiritual event. He's not wringing his hands in prayer. He's really physically wrestling with God. One. Two, um, this, this word play, um, emotionally, he's wrestling with his brother and what will take place with his brother so the word play of rhyming the word of wrestling and then embracing his brother is kind of interesting. He wrestles out the, maybe this is a sermon. He wrestles out the problem with his brother with God. 
He wrestles out the problem with his brother, with God. And therefore, when he gets to his brother, he can be godly. That is a sermon. Pair Monroe, Sunday you're on. Yeah. It's all Saints Day. Make it work. <laughs> so um, maybe if, you, if we wanted to sermonize it a little bit more, we'd say, okay, um, where do we find strength? Maybe we do find strength in our exhaustion of wrestling our problems out with God. Hang on to that because you're going to see later. Um, you're going to see later, I think, the strength verse. So uh, in verse 31, Jacob says the man is God. You don't have to go to it. Right? Uh, in Hosea 12.5, Hosea says it's an angel. So we've got a little bit of a challenge here of who it is. Um, however, I would say this to you. The Old Testament is filled with, with examples of supernatural beings coming among God's people. And whether it's God or an angel, I think it's God, by the way, um, what we're seeing is another is, is the inability of mortals to ascertain the divinity of a supernatural visitor and that that visitor will perform some kind of wonder. So the inability of mortals to ascertain the divinity of a supernatural visitor who will perform some kind of wonder. Now, if you really want to have fun with this, should this beg the question, does that happen today? Some would say not necessary because we live under the banner of a risen Christ, right? The victory is certain. Um, remember the now and later theology? You are victors now of, of the heavenly promise, um, all the while anticipating the fulfillment of that heavenly promise when you get there, right? I'd like to think through the power of the Holy Spirit and uh, that one, God can speak to us and with us through his word his sacraments, and I had pictures, I forgot, and that um, I always say this, friends, God is God, and he will do what he wants to do. So if God wants to speak to you, he's going to speak to you. What we would say is he's not going to speak to you contrary to his word. If you believe that God has said something to you, then we test it here, test it in the scripture. Uh, as we go along. Uh, I like this picture, but I actually like this one a little better, I found. I don't know why, I just like it a little better. This is, this is God. This is Jacob. Uh, I think I like it because you see the exhaustion of Jacob and sort of, in my mind, the innocence of God, right? He's, he's sort of like, eh, okay, keep going, keep going, <laughs> if you want. And you sort of see the entanglement of it. Um, let's go to 25. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. If you go to chapter 29 for a moment, hold your place. Chapter 29, verse 10. Verse 10. 
Now, as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. So, this is there's a longer story there. But what I'm showing you is, first of all, we know that Jacob is strong. It's just an indication that Jacob is physically strong. Um, and we know this wrestling match is slightly different than others. So, if we turn to Exodus chapter 4. Verse 24, uh, go back to, actually to verse 21. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you, be, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son, and I Say to you, let my son go, that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, let him go. Behold, I will kill your firstborn son. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. Then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's. For- okay, we don't have to go through all that, right? But there are other times we see wrestling where the purpose is destruction. Here. Uh, the reason I share that with you is because should any of you think that God could not win this, um, you would be mistaken. Right? It's, it's kind of why I like this version of the ESV. Go back to 25 again. Chapter 32, verse 25. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out. What other versions do you have? Anyone have something different in 25? That he could not overpower him? Debbie? Yeah, Larry's coming. It just made made me think of Jesus on the cross when, um, or maybe when he was talking to the disciples. I don't know, at some point he says, don't you think that I could call legions of angels to get me out of this? Um, So we know that there's sort of a controlled strength (laughs) <laughs> that um, Jesus has even on the cross. That's a great example of God humbling himself for the sake of his people, right? And certainly here we see that too. Kevin? God's rules of engagement are different than ours. The purpose of God struggling with us is for our betterment, not for our defeat. Yes. Well said. I'm going to show you in the New Testament where he says that. We're all very prepared today for this text. I like it. Um, yeah, I, again, I, any, anyone of any self-respecting Bible scholar would say, of course God could win this. Um, of, course, of course God could prevail over you. And frankly, if you really want to get down to semantics, Jacob loses. To me, that shows the power of God. Talk about, and Debbie, I think the way you say it is so so right, which is God is holding back 
um, what he really can do. And to give you a glimpse of what he can really do, touch and your hip's out of socket, right? It wasn't like he you know, didn't do the uh, Hulk Hogan uh, body slam, right? He just touched his hip, right? Imagine if he had given more effort <laughs> to it uh, as we go along. And I think, to Kevin's point, what we're, what we're to see in this text is the perseverance of Jacob. Um, I was just going to say, he, God could have done that the first five to ten minutes, but he made him wrestle all night, maybe yeah. to show him his perseverance or his strength or to get I out the so. emotional stuff with his brother. Yes, I think so. In fact, um, I made a note somewhere here. When I find it, I'll, I'll read at that point, which is maybe the whole point of this whole evening was for God to show Jacob you're stronger than you think you are. The point of the wrestling match was to reveal a truth to Jacob that, that he had forgotten. So let's sermonize for a moment, right? Could it be that you are wrestling in this time, in this circumstance of your life, and that's taking this much time because God is striving to reveal something to you about who he's made you to be? He's waiting for you to see it. Maybe even touched your hip. I don't know. All right, then we get to 26. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I think, friends, this is one of our strength verses. Could a case be made that if... Jacob really thought he was the victor. That that the wording here might be different. But instead, we get this imagery that somewhere in this wrestling match, Jacob determines he doesn't want to let go of the guy. Not as a matter of defeat, but as a matter of blessing. Let me go for it's daybreak. And he says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Could it be, Sue, please, Larry, could it be that Jacob recognizes something about this man? Yes, ma'am. What I keep thinking through this are the parables about the widow who sweeps the floor until she finds her coin, the woman that keeps coming to the judge, and he finally lets her go because she keeps coming and coming and coming and grants her her wish or right. her whatever. Um, just so many parables of Jesus talked about perseverance and how perseverance pays off. Yeah. Suffering produces perseverance. Couldn't you find another formula? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Also, it kind of tells us that we are supposed to hold on to the Lord no matter what. And he was holding on tight. He wasn't going to let him go, and we yeah. aren't either. Yeah, there's some beautiful imagery there. Blessing comes when you cling to the Lord. Sermon number three out of all, right? Yeah. Living in our material paradise here, uh, the other thing to bear in mind is that it's often only these kinds of struggles that lead us to ask God for blessing. 
when 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 we're pumping out the kids and have the brass uh, light fixtures and 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 all of that, uh, we're very satisfied with ourselves and can't imagine. Don't 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 stop to think about God. Yeah, that's good insight. It helps. Thank you for reminding us the desperation of Esau. Right. It's easy to forget in the wrestling match. Um, and by the way, Esau's got everything. He's got everything materially, right? He's got he's got the inheritance. He's got the riches. Those things are fine. What he what he doesn't have is the security of his life. His brother's coming after. Him. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, I'm sorry, Jacob. Yes. <laughs> yes, Jacob. What I, I guess it's forty-seven is the age where you start mixing up all the names, right? <laughs> it might have been forty-six, frankly. <laughs> I can be looking at Noah and call him Jack, <laughs> which is pretty bad, you know. And I'll say, I I, kn- I know you're not Jack, but child that I'm pointing to and speaking at—that's what I should just say. Uh, yes, Jacob's got everything. And yeah, Kevin, Kevin's right is a good reminder to us that sometimes in our desperation, um, when we have everything to lose, sermon number four, all we have to do, all that we have is God to cling to, right? Now, we're giving Jacob a little too much credit right now. What we should be giving him is that he's, he's holding on. Um, by the way, there is, uh, Way back in the day, there were some who would try to try to say, "Well, um, this this is a made-up story. Um, this is this is actually Jacob is wrestling with some kind of um, demon, um, some kind of uh, evil spirit, if you will, and that evil spirit will lose his power when light shines." <laughs> right. So to your your question, Heidi, is there something with the light? Well, we have no. There's no indication of that, by the way. Um, so, some rather don't. Um, some some people rather would say the interesting thing about daybreak is that it's an, it's more of a description of Jacob than it is the man he's wrestling. Um, half day, half light. Um, where Jacob is, the territory he's in is half holy, half unholy. Canaan, and then the other lands. Um, and then you go to Jacob, and what do we learn about Jacob right here? Jacob, on some level, is godly, but on the other level, is ungodly, right? That imagery of that rustling of who he is. Um, and, and we would say that perhaps the, the God did not want his identity known because to see the face of God is a sentence to death. If you turn to Exodus 33, verse 20, just so you see that I'm not making it up, Exodus 33. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see my face and live. So we see an indication of that there. Um, Someone else I read, uh, I said they like this imagery, and I actually kind of like it too. It would be sermon number five for us in this text, which is, God hides just like Jacob hid from Esau. So this, so do you see what's happening? There's a lot of wordplay in here. There's a lot of light darkness. And now you get this 
sort of the poetry of um, just like you're hiding from your, your, your past, hiding from your decisions, this will be an event where God is hidden uh, as well. Those are all extra biblical in some way. Uh, but what we do know is that Jacob refuses to let go, even though, um, even though he's injured now. Let's not forget that. He's injured, and he won't let go. He won't be released. Tommy needs a total hip replacement now, right? <laughs> uh, but he won't do it without a blessing. Uh, and I would say this to you. Wanting a blessing can be a hint um, to the kind of fight and who is fighting with Jacob. Right? So we tend to, what do we do? We, look, we think of wrestling and we think of WWE or we think of uh, high school wrestling. And the words that we use, even in the Hebrew, we learn now, does sort of mean this knock-down, drag-out fight. But it could be that as the, as the fight goes on, Jacob has an indication um, that it's not that he's not winning, but that he's hanging in there and not losing. There's a difference, friends. Um, he's hanging in there because he realizes in his desperation, perhaps this being can help me, which he does. Jacob is insisting on something he cannot provide for himself. What is he seeking? He's seeking strength against his assailant. Right? We can't forget what's happening. And that's often what happens uh, in, this, in this Bible narrative, right? We, we go right. There's all these other things happening, but we, we carve out the wrestling portion. And we say, well, isn't that neat? God wrestles with Jacob. Yeah, it's fantastic. But let's not forget, and Kevin helped bring us back to this, there's this whole other story around this wrestling match that Jacob is living in fear. He's living in worry. He's pacing back and forth. He can't sleep. He knows Esau is coming with 400 people. He does not believe he can prevail against his brother. So, in wrestling with God and persevering with God, he's now hopeful that the blessing he receives is that he will prevail against the assailant that's on his way. I'm holding on to you even in my injury because something, he doesn't know this, something far worse is coming. The truth is something far worse is holding him. If God wanted to, he could do that. But I'm saying all that to put our minds back in the right perspective. So let's see what God says. Verse 27. And he said to him, what is your name? I love when God does that, right? So what we learn here is that even God can't remember people's right names. (laughs) I'm in good company with the Lord. (laughs) He says, what is your name? Of course he knows his name. And he says, what is his name? His name is Jacob, right? Um, I wrote here, he knows his name. <laughs> uh, in disclosing his name, Jacob is doing more than sharing information. He is making a confession about the appropriateness of his name. Remember, see, this is where it gets kind of interesting. This is why you do Bible study. Remember, his name means, what does it mean, Deb? Yes, a planter or subplanter, heel ankle grabber, right? Anything in that zone. 
It could be deceiver, although I think that might be a little, that's a little unfair to him, it, although he does deceive his brother. Um, Esau, read the whole birth. You'll see what that means. Um, another one, another writer says his name means behind, like behind, right? Um, here's the point. Not the heir. On some level, his his name means not the heir, because because his brother's the heir, even at birth. Of course, that's how it works, <laughs> right? So let's keep going. Twenty eight. Then he said, "Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel." Interesting, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So no longer will your name be. Heal or sub supplanter. I say it correctly, Debbie. Um, but his new name will be Israel. So here's where someone said this before, and here's my note. In every confrontation, Jacob has prevailed. Esau, Laban, God, right? The name change focuses on what Jacob has done. Persistence assertiveness ability to cling to uh, to cling to his stranger stranger his stranger assailant assailant god despite his injury and then here's my note look you'll be happy to know that we're thinking the same way today pbh i wonder if god wrestles with jacob so jacob can see how strong he really is look right there right on the back page of david and goliath okay aren't you happy to know i recycle the paper that we use Interestingly, some say today, if you look at the kingdom of Israel, right, the, govern, the, the, the nation of Israel, that there's always sort of been this history of wrestling with God. And by the way, read the Old Testament, you'll see it time and again. That's for another day because we only have 10 minutes. Uh, the other thing to bear in mind is that when God changes your name, it means he's prepared you for his work, whether it's Abram becoming Abraham or it is uh, Simon becoming Peter. Kevin, give me a minute. Get to it, will you? <laughs> um, okay, guys. You yeah. hear that? It's coming. Uh, okay. Yeah, very good. Very good. And, by the way, take Kevin, take it one step further for me. Where do we see that? Yeah, take the mic back, please, because uh, he'll know. Where do we see that then in our theology, in our in our liturgy, in our sacraments? I'm blanking. Baptism, right? Uh, the that, Christian name where we, we declared baptism. There was a tradition of getting a new name in your baptism because you're a new person. You're born again. Uh, our Catholic friends are better at it than we are, um, but... You'd get a, you would get your Christian name in your baptism, right? Because you've been changed. You've been prepared for something new, right? So it's actually sort of beautiful. I'm trying to think what I would want my Christian name to be. Saint. <laughs> what do you think, Kevin? Bartholomew? No. Um, so, yeah, there's something beautiful about that. 
right? God's not changing his name as punishment. Nor is he changing his name as blessing. Let's be clear about that. What's interesting here is, give me a blessing. What's your name? Oh, yeah, I'm a heel. <laughs> uh, no, no longer are you a heel. Because you are persistent, because you're assertive, because you, rem- you remain in the fight. Uh, your name will now be Israel. Could he have ever known that his name would live on even today? Right? Um, And I'm going to prepare you through your name, frankly, to be a great, a mighty nation. Some level. At certain points in history. Let's keep going because there's more. 29. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. (laughs) And he said, Bill. No, he said, but he said, why is that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. It's interesting. It's an interesting discourse there. Jacob asks his name. Um, Some think it should read. um, This is, by the way, they don't think it should read this because of the Hebrew saying it. This commentator thought it would be a good answer. Jacob, don't you realize who I am? Right? They use the I am here. Right? But what what this theologian is trying to say is perhaps the tone of the response is, Why are you asking me my name? Not, why are you asking me my name? But you you know who I am, right? It's been been made clear to you who I am, right? Um, So this is a silly, this is a silly thing. And therefore, you want to, by the way, what's the other answer to this? God answers him. The other answer to this is he blesses him. So it. What sermon are we on? Number six. Sermon number six is uh, blessing comes in the name of the Lord. Good title. Blessing comes in the name of the Lord. So you you want to know who my name what my name is? Uh, here's the blessing. Uh, Thirty. And by the way, we don't know the nature of that blessing. There's a part of me I have an extra biblical hunch, and that is the blessing is awareness. Because we see, what do we see after this? You saw in the cartoon. Uh, the actions of Jacob lead us to understand what, what this wrestling match ultimately does. What does Jacob ultimately do? He goes to his brother. And he goes to his brother without fear. He goes to his brother, in some sense, with joy. Uh, verse 30, which I think is the next strength verse that we have. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Here, I put it here. Uh, I put this quote for you. And as you can tell, I couldn't figure out the formatting of the side paragraph. So, uh, in other words, Jacob's recognition that none other than God himself stands before him gives to Jacob the assurance that Esau shall not destroy him. Jacob shall be preserved from Esau, for God has preserved him. See, see what happened there? It's, the blessing is Jacob can say, I wrestled all night with God, and he didn't kill me. I didn't die. I wasn't overcome. And therefore, if God himself has spared my life, he will certainly spare my life when I go to Esau. You with me? 
So the blessing and the realization is, wait a minute, I was with God and he, he kept me okay here. He's going to keep me okay there. Oh, I didn't change the slide. Sorry, David and Goliath. But the text is, oh, yeah, that shouldn't even be in there. This is the text. I should just skip it. So here you go, uh, John 3.16. This goes to Kevin's point earlier, okay? Read it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This goes back to the point that perhaps even in this time of suffering, something else was being revealed. For us, we go back to, we then go to the cross, right? We are people of the cross. We are bearers of the name of Christ. And we go back to this famous John 3.16. I haven't seen it in the uh, World Series yet. Has anyone else seen John 3.16? No. Kevin, buy some tickets. We're going to go to the game in John 3.16, all right? Uh, yeah, what did I say? Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, World Series. Game seven, right? For God, so what do we know? What do we know? Let's go back to this. In our worry, in our fear, in our challenge, in our struggle, right? What does Jacob say? Jacob says, I wrestled with God. I wasn't destroyed. I persevered. He preserved, he preserved me. And therefore, I can go about my life knowing that I have this God uh, who preserved my life here. Well, we know that God loved us so much that he gave his eternal life through his son. And we know, even though he could have condemned the world, right? He had that right. He didn't. Rather, he saved the world. So there is, there is where, that is where we are preserved. And we go back to that moment in the midst of our wrestling and saying, uh, all, for, in the name of All Saints Day on Sunday, even if I die, I live. Even death cannot lay hold of me. I will live in the courts of the Lord's house forever. And this is a psalm. I forgot to write which one. I think it's 124. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. We live in that confidence because we, we are people of the resurrection. On Sunday, we'll sing one of my favorite verses of one of my favorite hymns. The verse is one of my favorite of all the, the hymns. Um, but then there breaks a yet more glorious day. The king of glory, right, passes on his way. It's one of the best verses because it's a reminder to us that we are a people of life. Larry. Ah, thank you. That's close. I said 124. That's like, on the price is right, that's a win, right? That's the range. But then there breaks a yet more glorious day. The saints triumphant. Bum, 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 bum. The king of... I love that one. Hmm. On Sunday, you'll see me sing. I'll sing louder that day, that, at that time. So, Peniel, the face of El, Elohim, right? The face from, um, this means it was person to person. We met each other. Um, and it may not only be that Jacob is speaking here of seeing God and living. It could also mean that, of course, he's talking about being preserved in the life of his brother. He has that confidence 
that he will have that as well. So um, you, you see all the strength that we gain from this as believers. We, we, look at, we look at Jacob and say, as he wrestled with God and hung on to him, he had the blessing that, that God loved him and would preserve him so that he could persevere in his life. We, as we wrestle in our faith, as we wrestle with God, we cling to the cross where the fulfillment of our salvation was won for us so that even in our challenge and even in our struggle, we know that we are preserved from all evil, from all death, so that we can persevere the destination that matters, that we can journey every day in the confidence that my Lord reigns, my God lives. Jesus is alive. Sue. Makes me think of Luther's morning and evening prayer. How so? Oh, just because he thanks God. Yeah, I thank God through Jesus Christ that you preserved me this night. You know, harm and danger. Harm and danger. And same thing, you know, the evening prayer that you preserved me. Right. Being preserved. A sermon number seven for this text could be the the comparison of when we rely on our fear and worry, we live in desperation. That's what Jacob shows us. When we when even in our fear and worry wrestle with God and cling to his blessings, we have life. Right? By the way, what I also love about this is that it took all night which is an indicating indication to us that sometimes this is a journey for us. These are not, I'm not saying to you today, well, you know, in your worry and in your struggle and your challenges, just believe in God and everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. I do believe that uh, on some level, but what I'm, I'm, I'm also acknowledging sometimes this is years in the making. Sometimes this is a long night of wrestling. I understand that. But even in that, we cling to him and his promises for us. Prayer requests. Yes. Yes. My mother-in-law is having a little knee, knee procedure tomorrow. Her name is Judy. Yes. Andrea had knee surgery yesterday. She seems to be doing okay. Good. This Sunday is, uh, Kevin, go ahead. Gene's hip. Yeah. I wonder if Gene wrestled with God. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Brief share started last night. How many are in there? 10 or 11, yeah, there's some, it's a very, there's some tender hearts in there. I know that, yeah. Uh, And then also then for Sunday, All Saints Day is a day that we remember those who died and now who rest in the Lord, but that can also stir um, hearts in that time too. Let's pray. Almighty God, gracious King, we thank you for the witness of, of Jacob. Thank you that he wrestles with you. Um, He finds in that time of wrestling uh, 
uh, that you are a God who preserves and who blesses and who gives life. And so in, a, in the wrestling of our own lives, Lord, we seek a blessing from you. And that blessing is the assurance that we are preserved and that we are loved and that we have life, which you've proven to us through Christ our Lord. We pray today for uh, all the names we've shared before you today, Lord, that you would bless them, uh, those who have had knee procedures or who will have knee procedures, those who have had hip procedures. Uh, we pray for those who are uh, going through grief and mourning and those who may, uh, that, that in this, Lord, you would be their strength and their song, uh, that you would help them to persevere as you preserve their life uh, and love them in this time. Be with those on our prayer guide. Uh, bless them and keep them in your care. Bless this congregation. May we be a strong beacon of your truth and your love for the world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and his people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.